0: there's a lot of people that ride on risks they took when they were younger mm-hmm. and they come to us now and they're like oh I already did all that risk-taking work when I was a kid and it's like it never oh, it stops it doesn't end my fresh
1: <laughs> you actually need to do it again like that's exactly. that's a sign of a small vessel right there it's like I've already done it we've talked to a lot of people that have said that to us I've already done this work
0: my favorite is the people that tell us they don't have an ego oh I don't have an ego nope I've gotten rid of it completely. I'm like, wow, you're that's like, actually scientifically is talking
1: to me right now. Well,
0: scientifically not possible. <laughs> so.
1: Hi everyone, I'm Sid Sharice.
0: And I'm David Bosher.
1: And you're listening to Destroy the Hairdresser, the podcast,
0: where we teach you to salon differently. <laughs> Sid, do you still wash your hair?
1: Not since I've been using new wash. No need for conditioners, masks, or post wash detanglers.
0: Are you talking about the non-toxic detergent-free shampoo and conditioner replacement by Hairstory?
1: Yes, and all of our listeners can get a free pouch of New Wash. Visit hairstory.com slash DTH.
0: I'm already typing it in. As coaches, we are constantly asked for recommendations on what we think is the best booking software for salons and hairdressers, and we finally found it.
1: We are excited to introduce you to Gloss Genius, rated Reader's Choice number one software by Beauty Launchpad.
0: Now we know what you're thinking. You're going to have to switch all of your clients over to this new software, but guess what? Gloss Genius is going to do that for you for free.
1: DTH listeners get their first month free on us, as well as your very own stunning credit card reader.
0: An $80 value.
1: To sign up, head to the App Store, download Gloss Genius, G-L-O-S-S-G-E-N-I-U-S, and enter code DESTROY. We're here
0: (laughs) at Shangri-La.
1: Hello, David. Hey, David. <laughs> you, Hello. you sound stuffy. How are you feeling? I,
0: I don't feel great. Okay.
1: Well, but... I appreciate you being on this episode. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but that's the beauty of Zoom and podcasting and technology. I am really grateful that our company was 100% Instagram-based. Yeah. Because it just and made just it... And just
1: technology-based
0: in technology ways it's just made it so much easier to surf the waves of the last couple of mm-hmm. years and it even helps with things like being sick which is i love it a tale as old as time
1: it's funny because <laughs> now i think people are afraid to even get like a cold or like a head cold like you have a little head cold i mean i gotta be honest i thought i had covid
0: <laughs> I just kept eating food to see if I could taste it. Yeah. You're like, I was like, okay, I can still taste things. Cause I already, we already had COVID. Yeah. And when we had it the first time, I know that you and I both lost our taste and smell, taste and smell, which I kept yelling at said, I was like, well, if we lose our smell, then yeah, we lose our taste. But like, this is a different (laughs) level of losing your taste.
1: I was like, no, you're not getting it.
0: Um, I was drinking coffee. I remember when I was sick, I was drinking coffee and it just tasted like dirt. (laughs) Like I was like, what? I kept looking at Josh and like this isn't coffee. And he's like, Yeah. He's like, it's coffee. I'm like, it tastes like dirt. I can't explain it. It was just
1: drank smoothies because I was like, I might as well flood my body with nutrients because
0: which probably also tasted like dirt. It was
1: awful. I put whipped cream on the top, like like coconut whipped cream. It was like a healthy whipped cream, hoping that wouldn't for no reason. No, it's just texture. It's ridiculous. But it's funny because I think people are forgetting that common colds still exist and Yeah, we're probably still going to catch them even though we are still
0: wearing masks. I will say I feel like I've been healthier, like less colds, less... I'm allergic to everything. Yeah, you were sick all the time. I get bronchitis easily. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like I got COVID and my immune system is just 100 times better now. But we also wash our hands obsessively and we also (laughs) wear wear masks and we we don't see other human
1: beings. So that could also have something to do with it. But
0: It makes sense. I love it. It works.
1: So today we have a really... Cool topic. It's just you and me today. Mm -hmm. No guests, but I'm really excited for this topic because it's something that we teach that is just a core belief system of ours and something that you and I have been practicing for a long time. And that is risk-taking and vessel building. And I Mm -hmm. want to explain that to our listeners because we wanted to really take these episodes with David and myself to like give you some insight to have you have this information for the rest of the week or two weeks until the next episode comes out and that you can actually have tangible advice to start using.
0: We wanted to coach. We wanted to coach. We just want want to coach.
1: Coach is (laughs) going to coach.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I want to start the conversation off by saying I hate those Instagram posts that say, live outside your comfort like outside your comfort zone like if i see one more of those and if any of my students post those i'm unfollowing it's just so ridiculous like we get it you got to do hard things we taught a, cl- a whole
1: class on motivation and how motivation is actually not healthy like people would be like how do i motivate my team and we're like that's not that's not what you who,
0: should. When's the last time you lived on motivation yeah long did enough? you ever
1: read one of those posts and you were like you know what <laughs> Bucket Flip the table Flip the script I'm changing my whole life Selling everything And I'm going to live on that Instagram bus Because
0: I yeah, know, A lot of I, people did
1: do that this year Everybody lives on a I
0: bus mean, so. <laughs> Side note Sidebar combo Speaking about people that live on buses I was watching a YouTube video I don't even know how it came up But I was watching a YouTube video About this couple who bought Like a van <laughs> They lived in the UK and they were going to like live cross country in this van. Well, the van was like, didn't pass any inspections. They paid all this money for it. Basically the people that checked it were like, you can't drive this car back home. Like we're going to just total it. <laughs> and they're like, we just have really bad luck. Cause last year we tried to buy a house and somebody already lived in it. <laughs> and then I was, I was kind of like, these people are making bad choices. That's
1: not bad luck. <laughs>
0: That's there's a difference between bad luck and making the wrong decision every time. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> but they You're were risk
1: You have to text takers. me later this information so I can watch this because I have so they many were, questions I mean, that
0: they did our risk probably
1: don't care about. <laughs> 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 they did take risks. Absolutely. <laughs> the great thing about a risk is that, and we teach this to our students, that even if it's the outcome isn't what we want, there's always opportunity for growth in another direction like it taught you something and if we don't take risks to have any sort of experiences then how can we ever grow or blossom into something else blossom i
0: think okay well let's explain what a
1: risk is too because i think people think we're not telling you to like jump out of a plane we're not telling you to like
0: yeah well for example my mom jumps out of planes she loves skydiving it's she's crazy. My
1: mom did so too. She, Is it that generation? Like she it's was a, it's gotta be. Before I was it's born. That ad,
0: it's that adrenaline junkie. Got it. In them. They didn't so have she, the internet. <laughs> exactly. Um, they do like physical activities. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> she jumped out of a few planes. And I guess you could say it was risky, but it would be way more risky for me to do it mm-hmm. because I do not want to jump out of a plane. I have no plans. I'd be okay if this whole lifetime I never jumped out of a plane. I'm fine. <laughs> right, so I I think it's important to understand that risk taking is very it's very personal. It's every person is going to take different risks that pertain to their lives.
1: Well, I think people think too, like if they take a risk, it's such an. When I say risk taking to people, they think that it's such an extreme thing. Like they're either going to be millionaires or they're going to lose their business and that could be one of the risks that you take depending on the situation. But the risk that we're really talking about is just anything that is going to make you uncomfortable.
0: Right. And it's important to know that different things make different people uncomfortable. Mm -hmm.
1: If there's ever an outcome, there's a, it's a risk. Like even having an uncomfortable conversation is a risk because the outcome could be relationship ruined or, you know,
0: i Think hairdressers naturally live in an opportune career for risk taking. I can't remember a day that I went to work that there wasn't a risk that something I was pushed wasn't into, uncomfortable. or something wasn't uncomfortable. But I, I would not say that I was taking risks. I would say that I was overreacting to risks that I could have seen as opportunities, mm-hmm. right? Like or avoiding them, all, or yeah, to- definitely avoiding them. We've all ran to the back room when when a client comes in with black hair and wants platinum blonde hair and you're just like, I not, I'm not ready. I can't do it. Mm -hmm. I'm afraid. But then again, someone like you said would be like, Oh, I can totally do it. So that's where (laughs) the, the risk taking is very personal. I, when people would sit in my chair when I was a younger stylist, they would want these at the time, what I thought, crazy, crazy requests, uh, really just big transformations that freaked me out. Mm -hmm. And I would always like give them to other stylists because I was like, oh, you know what? I can't, I I don't feel comfortable doing that, but so-and-so can do that. Now that I'm like, now that I look back on it, I could have used those opportunities. Now that I'm older, I wish I would have fucked up a lot more when I was younger. Me too. <laughs> because like now <laughs> more it's More than I already cute. did. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like now it's not cute. You can't really get away with it. People are now looking at you like, you should know better. So, if you're a younger stylist, go
1: fuck shit up. Just
0: yeah, just <laughs> rock it up. Just go mess I wish I would really have messed
1: up more things in my business. Like there were a lot of things happening, but I wish I would have been more aggressive with the risk taking versus my personal life. I was very adventurous and risk taking and bad decisions when I was in my early twenties.
0: I can like think of years. Like I hit when I hit 25, I was like, I can't drink like I used to. Mm-hmm. Like 25 was like, that's done. Yeah. When I hit. 30, which was just, it's been, a year. I've been for a year. Actually, this month is my birthday, March 9th. But I've, I've noticed that I get more afraid to take risks that like five years ago, I would have been like, yeah, absolutely. I mean, moving to New York was one of the scariest things i ever did yeah. with zero money. And
1: When I think I about how we January. lived and how we got here and how we started our company, that seems so... I don't know if I would do any- right now. No. <laughs> but, every, but you know, also that leads us into like vessels too and how it grows mm-hmm. your vessel into another area. And now the risk we take, some people wouldn't take the risk we take now, even though they seem so small to us, like investing yeah. thousands of dollars into something because we know it's going to benefit a business or buying a home or, you know what I mean? Like moving or like any of those things, like people are like, oh my God, I wouldn't do those risks versus when we were younger and we were like, let's quit our corporate jobs and create this company and move to New York. and feed each other you know let's have a podcast on the floor of our kitchen
0: youth is wasted on the young for sure i I wish i had
1: wise pisces saying pisces
0: (laughs) (laughs) well it's usually like beauty is wasted on the young or there's all these terms but basically like it's true like i i just wish that i took more risks and and we did we took a lot of risks Mm -hmm. but i just wish i would know wish i knew now wait i wish i knew then what i know now (laughs) not a song probably that's also another saying. <laughs> it's it's a what book? happens over there? Oh, no, I'm not with <laughs>
1: you. Like, what do you got? This is a notebook full of just wisdom that's just spewing out of you. <laughs> oh
0: my! I'm just looking at someone's Instagram. There's are the things they're posting.
1: Yeah. <laughs> You're just reading Instagram. <laughs> oh my gosh! I love it. My favorite risk that I see students grow with is price raising. And the risk is you could lose a client. But I feel the risk is worth it when even if we were to lose a client that didn't value us to pay that new price point or even having the uncomfortable conversations of having to... It's not even the, the price raise that scares people and charging people. It's having to tell their clients that they're raising their prices or... It's, it's the confrontation. Yes, it's the confrontation. And I remember um when we worked for Aveda and... We were educating. We were on the floor with our students, and they all took their own guests, obviously because they were in hair school. And I would live for confrontation in the in a best way because I was so afraid of it that when it came to business, I was like, I need to be the one that talks to those clients that are just being shitheads. Like I'm like, I come get me, and then all of a sudden, it became a thing. Like other educators would come get me to deal. Like they would bring me in as if I was the manager. Like let me go get people. Out yes, and then we would of
0: the Invader Institute. We were different
1: shifts though <laughs> until we did work together. So we were like the badasses that were just. However, we were locked
0: right. in a closet together. That, oh, by a student. God, we talked
1: about this on this Who said
0: think, God told her to do it? It was a very rough. It was a very rough go that week.
1: <laughs> I think we have talked about this, but maybe, just <laughs> we can't go into it.
0: We can't <laughs> even go into it. That's If you much. want to hear that story, find like, it to,
1: in one of the episodes. We're okay though, but. And that student got kicked out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I do think that the. I think it's important to know that risk taking has nothing to do with being risky. It really has to do with conscious growth, mm-hmm. and everyone has a like. We always talk. We caught We talk about the vessel in coaching. It's a concept we have learned for years, and it's when we teach. And it really just focuses on someone's capacity for success because this is going to be controversial to say, but I don't know and I don't think that everyone has the same capacity for things. Mm -hmm. I don't think everyone has the capacity to be wealthy. I don't think everyone has the capacity to be healthy. I don't think everyone has the capacity to be a lot of things, but they have the ability to take the risks in order to grow that capacity. So I've met a lot of people that want to make more money and you and I know that it really has nothing to do with raising your prices Mm -hmm. as much as it has to do with, like you said, are you ready to have the conversation about raising your prices? Because you know how to raise your prices. You don't really need coaching for that part. But what you don't know is how to deal with the emotions and the conversations and the backlash and the feedback and all those things. That's where the risk-taking is, is in our reaction to things. So I think it's, I just want to point out that I'm not, I wish I was one of those coaches that was like, everyone can be rich and wealthy and happy and healthy. And I just, I don't know if that's true. I don't know
1: if everyone. You know, the result of the risk of raising your prices is your vessel grows, right? And then next thing you right. know, you're more confident. You have more self worth. You're making more money. Things start to look up, right? And there's, there's small vessels. They're big vessels and everyone is always smaller than another vessel. And everybody is also always bigger than the other. So it's an opportunity to, it's almost like I, I imagine it like a game. Every time I do something uncomfortable and challenge myself even if sometimes you're like kirby yeah <laughs> it's like
0: it's, you like get more and you grow yes,
1: yes. i was <laughs> gonna say mario like i get a coin or like <laughs> eat a mushroom and like i grow so I, exactly. I imagine it's just like i hear the little like ding 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 bells like and sometimes doing risk-taking is like not saying something not being a smart mm-hmm. ass not being right not you know listening to someone Some it's not always about doing sometimes it's about backing off depending on your reactive system but the result of taking that risk is always gr- vessel growth. And that is so incredible. And I don't think people chase discomfort enough. And going back to the Veda thing, that's what, you know, like that was so important to me. I was like, I'm going to challenge myself to be able to handle these uncomfortable conversations, which I didn't know then I was going to be doing all the time in coaching, preparing myself.
0: As hard as it is, it's a lot easier to be uncomfortable when you're younger. Mm-hmm. So for those of you that are older, that are listening to our podcast, it's not that we're done as we age, it's actually that you the risk just <laughs> you have more to lose, but you also have more to gain because the risks get bigger mm-hmm. as we grow and develop so do the opportunities that we have to take, right? Like moving to New York was a big deal when I was younger, buying an apartment in New York City is a bigger deal. Yeah. Right? Like you have to start taking larger risks as you go through life, otherwise that vessel has the potential to shrink and I I meet a lot of people and I know you do too where they want to tell us how risk they're like i love taking risks all i do is take risks Mm -hmm. i just want to be clear there's a difference between like i said there's a difference between being risky (laughs) and risk taking there's a difference between being irresponsible and risk taking when we teach risk taking it's very calculated it's very thought out there is a purpose there is a point there is a consciousness there is a direction it is not like you said just go jump out of a plane it's really about You know, I want to make more money. What are the risks I have to overcome? Mm -hmm. What are the risks I have to take to make that money, to grow the vessel? Because you can't the danger of not of the vessel part of the vessel not growing, it's kind of like a a cup that wants a gallon of water. Mm -hmm. It doesn't fit and it's gonna start overflowing and it's gonna start causing chaos. But if you can get a bigger cup and you can hold more of that water, then you can actually use that water and you can enjoy it. So it's the same with our vessel. We don't want to just make more money. We also want to have the capacity to manage the money and harness the money and use the money and so that it doesn't come in and overflow and cause chaos. Like if
1: you're a commission stylist and I told you you're going to own a salon tomorrow your vessel couldn't handle it. You would probably destroy it. Like you can't even comprehend that. And not saying that that isn't a goal that you want, but if you were literally to have that on your plate the next day, you wouldn't feel prepared for it. And like you said, like it would be too much water in your vessel or in your cup and your cup would explode. And that usually results in some sort of like breakdown, breakdown chaos.
0: Well, I always tell people like, would you let a five-year-old load along?
1: Exactly. No, exactly. So
0: it would cause so much. chaos.
1: (laughs) So you have to build your way up to it, but the more that you start planting those seeds and doing things that are uncomfortable and really staying focused on like the self-growth and really getting yourself like even uncomfortable learning things like social media that you hate or challenging yourself to learn and really focus on business or money or taxes and really understand things that are just no one likes, right? I always say you should learn how to do it and then hire someone to do it for you, but at least you know how to do it. Right? But one of my students described the vessel so well I did a little powwow in New York prior to COVID and uh, I got all my New York students together and people were in town visiting. And I was like, let's all meet and have like a little like coffee date. I kept talking about the vessel and one of my long-term students who had said that she understood the vessel also then said, I have, I have no, I don't think I'm grasping it like I thought. And my other student was like, okay, I want you to imagine an iguana in a cage or a lizard in a cage, a reptile in a cage. I don't remember what animal it was in the cage. And as you feed it, it grows and you have to get a bigger cage. And she was saying, this is how she looks at it, that every time that lizard is eating something, it's because what they're eating is discomfort and then they're growing and then obviously they have to get a bigger cage and the
0: bigger cage is their bigger vessel. Interesting. It's,
1: but it was a great, I know as visual yeah. learners, it was a very easier way. I was like, oh wow.
0: The iguana eats the discomfort
1: mm-hmm.
0: and gets bigger and stronger.
1: Yep. And then needs a bigger cage and then unless you're in Miami, those iguanas just
0: have homes, mortgages, they have cars. Yeah. They're terrifying. No, it's a good example. I think one of the signs that you're growing your vessel is the fact that you do make more money. You you can handle more in your life. You can have more happiness, more fulfillment, more money, a partner, kids, like things grow and develop. That's why when you start off, you're a baby who can do anything. Mm -hmm. The vessel is so small. And as it grows and develops, but there are people out there that never grow up. They can't hold a job. They can't make, they can't figure out how to make money. It's always like an
1: uncle, like (laughs) uncle Steve, you know, like never grows up. He's just a kid forever. (laughs) Did that get you?
0: (laughs) It is always an uncle. It's always, there's always a family. that You're like that. Well, you grow up already. Yeah, exactly. Like it's the same story Mm -hmm. year after year and nothing new is happening. The sad
1: part is it's fear. And, it's fear that's stopping them. And and that's why it, it looks like that. That's why they never grow up because the fear is, fear is the illusion of safety. And so therefore people really cling to that because they want to feel safe. And what's funny is they think that is comfortable, but it's actually the most uncomfortable thing. And if you were to chase discomfort, you would have more
0: comfort. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's, it's a everything's vicious circle. backwards. Mm-hmm. You know, my, Well, our teacher, Sarah, one time taught me something about the vessel. that I was going to say, but then you made a good point and I forgot it.
1: (laughs) What's funny is I was just about to say something about our teacher. (laughs) So I wonder (laughs) if I like yanked it from you. Maybe I'll say what she taught me and then it'll it'll spark. that'd be great. But she, you know, and even in our spiritual studies, one of the main lessons that you and I live by is that, which is very hard to do and honestly, like, When I say live by, we know this information, but we're also human. (laughs) But when anything bad, I'm going to use the word bad because I feel like it's more relatable, bad in your life happens, that you should come at it with the mindset, the consciousness of like, what a blessing, what a pleasure. And it's like, oh, lost a $1,000. It was never mine to begin with. What a pleasure. Or... Tire went flat, you know, because everything is a result of something else. Like that flat tire could have saved you from a car accident that was down the road or, you know, like something like that. So it's really, it's kind of cool, like to think that. And when you do things that are uncomfortable after it almost feels dark. So, like with darkness, you can only see the light. So it's like even raising your prices, that moment might seem very dark to even just say the uncomfortable confrontational thing to your client. But then, there's so much light and blessings and prosperity on the other side of having that darkness.
0: I mean, the secret to real growth is just chasing discomfort and growing your vessel. You don't actually have to focus on business as much. Mm -hmm. You really just need to focus on where can I push myself? Where are those risks that I can consistently take? Oh, this is what I was going to say. I asked Sarah one time, regarding the vessel and growth and risk-taking, I was like, what if someone just doesn't ever do it? Like they just go through life and they just, they don't take risks, they don't grow nothing. And she said, well, the universe is rigged for every person to be successful. And so what happens is that vessel gets smaller and everything becomes chaotic to the point where getting out of bed becomes a risk. Mm -hmm. And so just them getting out of bed allows them to grow a little bit. And just them doing these little things that we all do easily because our vessels are bigger. Getting out of bed should not, for most people, be difficult, right? Or taking a shower and getting ready for the day. Not, for most people, difficult unless there's a disability or something. But things that should be quote-unquote simple become difficult for the people that don't want to grow because the universe is still giving them the opportunity to grow just by doing the smallest things
1: it's still just as powerful as those big wrists. sometimes for that small right. vessel.
0: Yeah. It's like going, you know, if I go to the gym for a year, I can lift heavier and heavier weights. If I stop going for the to the gym for a year, I have to start over. Mm-hmm. I can't just go That's back to harder. where I left. <laughs> it's even harder. And you have the weight of like, Oh my God, I know what this is going to take. And so I think that, like three months
1: ago, I could lift 50 pounds. Now I'm back at three.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, right. And, and the vessel's the same way. Like you can't, Ride on. I, there's a lot of people that ride on risks they took when they were younger, mm-hmm. and they come to us now and they're like, "Oh, I already did all that risk taking work when I was a kid." And it's like, it never oh, it stops. It doesn't end, my friend.
1: <laughs> you actually need to do it again. Like that's exactly. that's a sign of a small vessel right there. It's like I've already done it. We've talked to a lot of people that have said that to us. I've already done this work.
0: My favorite is the people that tell us they don't have an ego. Oh, I don't have an ego. Nope. I've gotten rid of it completely. I'm like wow, you're that's, like, your that's ego scientifically is talking to me right now. Well, scientifically, not possible.
1: <laughs>
0: <So>. <laughs>
1: oh my gosh!
0: I would say that I have a huge ego. Huge.
1: It, I think but, we all do in a way. I think if you're an artist at all, there's the
0: ego. Exactly, but the goal is: do I have the tools to restrict it, to transform it? Mm-hmm. Okay. I have those tools. Do I do it all the time? No. Do I do it as much as I can? Yes. And that's a lot of risk taking for people, you know. Yeah. Like having the awareness, having the tools, and then doing them. We all we all can go to the gym. We all can go to therapy. We can. All, we the tools are there. It's do we do we use them? Yeah.
1: Are we practicing it? I think for if you're getting anything, you know, one thing that when we start teaching this with our students is we tell them to start practicing doing something uncomfortable every day, and it's really. Weird because they don't always see where they're running away from uncomfortable opportunities. And it could be just, like I said, having an uncomfortable conversation or confronting, you know, standing up for your business and yourself by confronting a stylist or even going and having a conversation with your boss or standing your ground with a client. Like all of those things could be
0: opportunities. It can also, like you said earlier, be the opposite.
1: Yeah, shutting the hell
0: up. <laughs> Maybe just listen. That's where my risk. We teach our comes. owners to just
1: step back and listen. And when stylists come up to them and they're like, "This is a problem," and this and this, their response should be like, "Well, what? Do, what is the solution? And how can I support right. it?" And so then, one of my students got so good at it that she never actually handles anything because the <laughs> the staff just does it. They're like, they come up to her now and they're like, "This is the issue," but this is my solution, and she's like, "All right, rock it out," like you know. <laughs>
0: You just telling me? All right. Well, that's, I think that's the important thing for salon owners to know is that if the goal is for everyone to take risks and you spend your whole day making sure that none of your staff has to confront anything or take care of their own things or take any risks on their own, and then you complain that they're not growing. Well, the reason they're not growing is because you're not allowing them to take care of their own business to take risks within their career. You're actually right?
1: hurting them because you're taking away every opportunity for them to earn fulfillment at
0: all. That baby, You're baby-burdening them. Mm-hmm.
1: You're actually shrinking their vessels. So all the owners out there that micromanage that, oh my God, I can't even do this because I have to, there's so much on my plate. I have so much to do. I have to problem solve all this. It's like, no, you don't. And you're actually hurting your team and your business by trying to solve all of their problems versus... Um, allowing them that personal responsibility and take care of it. That's how you get a staff full of like the victim mentality or the.
0: I mean, I entitled. You and I both coach salon owners all day long, and I would say ninety-eight percent of the coaching conversations are about how staff don't seem to do certain things, mm-hmm. or
1: they didn't do the towels. I'm like, okay, <laughs> that's what we're upset
0: about. Right now? Or they come up to them with crazy questions or they interrupt them. And then my response usually with, with 99% of the time is why are you responding? Mm-hmm.
1: Did you set a boundary?
0: I had one person say my staff, I can't even get through a haircut without my staff coming up and asking you where, you know, the, or telling me that we're out of toilet paper. And then my response is, did you tell them to solve the problem? And she said, no, i I just told them, okay, thank you. I'll get to it.
1: Yeah. You've created like, that. So you can yeah, be like, mad at them when they're doing exactly <laughs> what you're teaching them.
0: Yeah, you've got to. I think that salon owners or really anyone ever in charge of anyone, there's this assumption that like everyone's an adult. Mm -hmm. But what I think to bring it all back, what I think is important to realize is that everyone may be an adult, but everyone's vessel is a different size. Mm -hmm. Some people don't have the capacity to change the toilet paper.
1: Yeah, even think what to do. They're like, I'm coming
0: to you. How will they have the capacity? to market themselves or to build their business or make more money or raise their prices or get out there and build their clientele. If they can't change the role of toilet paper, it's already a sign that the vessel is not able to do small things. Mm-hmm. And so your job as a leader is to, is to have them do those things so they can build themselves out of it.
1: Not fire them, help them grow. Help their Unless vessels. they're crazy. Unless yeah, they're then crazy then that's a whole difference. It's sometimes it's firing <laughs> is absolutely necessary. But sometimes I've seen leaders fire because of their own issues. That's where it's a problem. And I think too, like how you said, everybody has different vessel sizes in a the salon. There's also the collective vessel of the salon. The collective vessel of the salon is so important. And like you said, like there's are small vessels and they're big vessels. And we really strive to work with salon owners so that the salon owners have the bigger vessel so they can handle all the problems of everything. And when there are walkouts in a salon, it's because the collective vessel of the staff was actually bigger than the owner. And so therefore, as an owner, you're too small of a vessel to handle. And so your staff leaves.
0: The vessel is probably one of the most important Things that we coach on, and it's a never ending learning process because the concept is the concept can be really simple, but it can also keep going deeper and deeper and deeper. And I think that one of the biggest things that we can help business owners understand is that trying to make other people do things, trying to make your staff more productive, trying to make your staff more motivated, trying to make everyone else do something so your businesses can grow. The only reason a business isn't growing is because the owner of that business or the owners of that business are not busy growing their vessel. They're busy with small things. They're busy with...
1: They're not saying being a hairdresser is small, but you cannot be a big vessel owner if you are focused on making money as a hairdresser in your salon.
0: Yes. And there's a lot of hairdresser salon owners out there that think they can do both. And we hate to tell you,
1: you they just can't. can't. Now, with you can kids, for a
0: while until you burn. People <laughs> get really
1: reactive again, and then this is the vessel consciousness. Like, well, you're saying I can't do hair. I'm an artist, and it's like, no. But do I know hair. I get that. <laughs> do hair, but not because you are the main provider of your business. Do hair because you want to take some specialty clients sometimes and be an artist. But you're also getting a salary from your business. Right. Pretty simple. That's what we do.
0: Exactly. So, I, and if you're not a salon owner. You have the ability to use build your business and use these tools to grow your vessel, go into celebrity work, build a coaching company, get make a podcast. Yeah, exactly. Do, like it's not about just doing one thing. And that's why I think understanding that vessel growth is more important than career growth mm-hmm. because your career will grow if the vessel is growing, if the soil's so good. Eat that discomfort will grow.
1: and get yourself a new cage because you're a happy yourself- little successful lizard. <laughs>
0: Grow your vessel,
1: boo-boos.
0: This is a... It was hard to do this as a podcast because we usually teach an all-day course. All day. Like six hours on just the vessel topic. Mm -hmm. And it was a course called Destroy Bad Business. It was our first tour like three, four years Mm -hmm. ago. And it was the most popular tour we've ever had. And it was all about the vessel and how to use it, how to understand it and h- how to understand the team's vessel and how to understand your individual vessel and how to understand ownership as a vessel and really how to maintain and manage those things. And
1: then we did I risky business. How,
0: <laughs> then we did risky business, which, which was about risk taking, <laughs> but I've never realized, I didn't realize until just now how difficult it is to explain a concept that we usually take six hours to explain in 30 minutes in about 30 minutes. Yeah.
1: But we did, it. I think we achieved it. We've either, Thoroughly confuse conf- them, <laughs> or inspire them to just get real down and dirty and uncomfortable. So, if you're listening to this, which doesn't mean you are, <laughs> get uncomfortable. Do something uncomfortable. Tag us in the discomfort. Talk about the discomfort. We want to like. We want to. We want to hear your stories.
0: I speaking of like discomfort, risk taking, and pricing. One of our friends sent me a sent me a meme that basically said five hundred dollar client, and it was like. The client that was spending five hundred dollars was like, "I don't know if I have the money for this, and This is a big <laughs> expense it. for me, and I want to make sure that it's exactly what I want." And like, I'm really investing like
1: pay- in you. <laughs>
0: yeah, like this is a big deal. And then the the one underneath said fifty thousand dollar client and said, "Thanks, I'll send the invoice soon, or I'll send the check soon." Yeah, like, and it's like
1: payment s- sent. <laughs> yeah, that's, exactly. that's different vessels, right there. That's
0: funny. yeah, you can see even there in the amount, and we can all relate, even if it's not fifty to $50,000. 150000 is a lot, but a client that spends $50 on their haircut and a client that spends $150 on their haircut, you can see very clearly in their mentality, their appreciation, respect, and all that for pricing. Yeah. And I would say as I've raised my prices for the last 15 years, as I raise my pricing, I lose clients, but the ones that stay or the new ones that I get have less and less of a problem paying those prices. Like It's not like I raise my prices and it gets harder. I raise my prices and it gets easier. And I think that's... If I could tell people from the other side of the risk, what usually happens on the other side is that it does get... You start working with people that appreciate you on a very different level, Mm -hmm. much more elevated level.
1: Raising your prices just doesn't raise your prices and make more money. You elevate your clientele in a different vessel level of the economy as well. So you're attracting a new vessel of clients.
0: Do you ever hear this when people when i when i get I get a lot of my students to a really high price point, and then they one of the biggest excuses I start hearing from I would say over seventy percent of them is, well, I don't want to work with wealthy people,
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm like but that's that? big prices yeah
0: that they're like wealthy people aren't very nice. I don't know where that's coming from, mm-hmm. but I
1: think success is scary, therefore, making excuses like that keep you safe again fear demonizing
0: people with money is not a i know right not gonna make you more money
1: (laughs) i bet you a lot more people that had a ton of money sitting in your chair you had no idea they had a ton of money
0: oh yeah Mm -hmm.
1: so get out of people's pockets this was great let's do this again sometime next month same time (laughs) sound good
0: we will see everyone soon in april (laughs) well depends well we have
1: another episode with a guest
0: though but just you and me we'll
1: see you in april (laughs) (laughs) All right, bye bye bye.
0: Next time on Destroy the Hairdresser, the podcast. He was like,
1: I'm going to go do Mary-Kate and Ashley really quick,
0: and you're going to stay
1: here and finish up. You're going to blow dry Natalie. And I was like, okay. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to get my hair dryer and my brush, and I'm going to pull
0: really hard. And, you, and make sure forgot, you forgot how to do hair completely. <laughs> Basically, yeah.